Hi, you are listening to Trashing Trauma with Tiana Monet. You guys, this podcast is all about identifying your trauma and trashing it so that you can live your fullest life. Yes, that means discovering who you really are, having healthy relationships that actually last, and living without fear. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I really hope that you're having a great day. I hope that if you are on this journey of healing, maybe it's your first time hearing my voice on this podcast or you have listened a couple of times and you're not just starting this journey, but maybe you're looking for another approach in healing your trauma. Um, The most important thing first is to understand that this healing process is going to benefit you. Please feel free to join me, leave comments and suggestions on different podcasts that you want to hear in regards to trashing your trauma. I am on Instagram at Trashing Trauma, and I'd love to interact with you a lot more there um, and follow you back, of course. So today, gosh, I really struggled with having this title be trauma much, and maybe um, it will be. <laughs> like, hey, is that something you got going on? Is some drama? Or um, just really talking about your belief system. And I'm in a like a therapy program, I guess you can say right now myself. And it's so cool because when you start something like this in the middle of your healing journey, you actually get the opportunity to see two things. You see the progress that you've made, but then you also see the things that you still truly need to put some work into. And something that is near and dear to my heart is for myself and to also come and teach and help support you through is the belief system. And you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it because I want to talk today about um, really just like a quick and simple dating guide to navigating through trauma while you're in a relationship. And maybe this relationship is just a brand new thing. Uh, Maybe you have been with somebody for a while and you recognize that both of you have some traumas or maybe you're already married Um, or maybe you're planning to get married very soon. And what does that trauma look like? And I've heard multiple stories that trauma isn't exposed until after marriage, or there are couples who go through a lot of counseling prior to marriage. Um, I am not married. I have never been married, but I have had um, several relationships and I've had failed relationships. Um, And so some of those relationships absolutely did fail because of my own personal traumas. And some of them failed because of the other person's or ours combined. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to leave my mark on on this planet, and one of them is really just helping people to understand that. And as a mother myself, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and I'm realizing that there are things that I do, whether it could be um, how disciplined I am, that's molding her, both good and bad. Um, My mother was extremely, and still to this day, is so critical and harsh towards me that I want to make sure that when I'm disciplining my daughter that I'm not harsh towards her. So there's so many things that can create belief systems that way that my daughter may grow up and raise her children. So I really just want to talk today about your belief system and how that may or may not be impacting your relationships. And so, of course, as promised, I'm always going to bring something to the table from the book Poverty to Power, From Poverty to Power by James Allen, because You guys, I'm so obsessed with this book. And if you have any time on your hands and if you love reading, yes, there's an audio on YouTube that you can listen to whenever you want, but it's such a good book and he's just pouring out from his heart and what he's discovered about going within that I highly recommend that you purchase this book. 
So today I'm going to be reading from the chapter called The Acquisition of Spiritual Power. And I know that I'm supposed to read this in relation to a belief system and even relationship because when I was thinking about, you know, where am I going to find this expert from the book? I literally just opened right up to it. And I really believe that those things just happen for a reason. So I'm going to go ahead and read this for you. Um, It is the acquisition of spiritual power. And the beginning of the chapter starts like this. It says, the world is filled with men and women seeking pleasure, excitement, novelty, seeking ever to be Laugh, moved by laughter or tears, not seeking strength, stability, and power, but courting weakness and eagerly engaged in despairing what power they have. Men and women of real power and influence are few because few are prepared to make the sacrifices necessary to the acquisition of power and fewer still are ready to patiently build up character. To be swayed by your fluctuating thoughts and impulses is to be weak and powerless To rightly control and direct those forces is to be strong and powerful. People of strong animal passions have much of the ferocity of of the beast, but this is not power. The elements of power are there, but it is only when this ferocity is tamed and subdued by the higher intelligence that real power begins. And people can only grow in power by awakening themselves to higher and even higher states of intelligence and consciousness. The difference between people of weakness and people of power lies not in the strength of the personal will, for stubborn people are usually weak and foolish, but in the focus of consciousness, which represents their state of knowledge. The pleasure seekers, the lovers of excitement, the hunters after novelty, and the victims of impulse and hysterical emotion lack that knowledge of principles which gives balance, stability, and influence. People commence to develop power when checking their pulses and self-inclinations. They fall back upon the higher and calmer consciousness within them and begin to steady themselves upon a principle. The realization of unchanging principles and consciousness is at once the source and the secret of the highest power. When, after much searching and suffering and sacrificing, the light of an internal principle dawns upon the soul, a divine calm ensues, and joy unspeakable gladdens gladdens the heart. Those who have realized such a principle cease to wonder and remain poised and self-possessed. They cease to be passion slaves, and become master builders in the temple of destiny. People governed by self and not by a principle change their front when their selfish confronts are, comforts are threatened. Deeply intent upon defending and guarding their own interests, they regard all means as lawful that will serve the end. They are continually scheming as to how to protect themselves against enemies being too self-centered to perceive that they are their own enemies, such people's work crumbles away, for it is divorced from truth and power. All effort that is grounded upon self perishes, only that work endures that is built upon an indestructible principle. Those who stand upon a principle remain calm, dauntless, and self-possessed under all circumstances. When the hour of trial comes and decisions must be made between personal comforts and truth, comforts are given up, This cannot be altered, even when they are faced with the prospect of torture. Self-centered people regard the loss of their wealth, their comforts, or their lives as the greatest calamities which can befall them. So I 
absolutely love this. One, because I already read it, but I was checked again when I read it again. And it just, to me, what this is saying is that we're more comfortable being in our old ways. We're more comfortable responding, lashing out, having lack of self-control versus when we're faced with a moment where we're where we can recognize truth and I'm going to give some examples here today where we recognize truth it feels uncomfortable to stay calm to not resort to those negative feelings to not remember that trauma and to not excuse our behavior because of that trauma and I'll just jump into this so my notes here are really kind of like a really quick dating guide to navigating through trauma so some some trauma issues that impact romantic relationships. And I'm going to just talk about four because I can most closely relate to these, but it would be, or five, I'm sorry, um, abandonment, finances, lack of recognition, dismissal, or domestic violence. So abandonment is a male or female parent maybe leaving or grandparents leaving. So or somebody close to you seems to be always getting out of the picture. Therefore, when you're in a relationship and somebody's even telling you that they want to commit to you, you're thinking, oh no, you're going to leave. And instead of that relationship going through levels of you guys getting better and better together and getting closer and closer together, you're just constantly waiting for this person to prove to you that they're not going to leave. So some of the ways that you may try to get this person to prove to you that they're not going to leave is that you create conflict or you want to go through bad situations, or you test these people, you press all their buttons to see how pissed off you can make them to see if they're going to leave. So even if you're in a situation where you push this person to their limit and they actually leave, then you think your point is proven. See, everyone leaves me. You didn't plan on sticking around. You're gone. But really, it's your issue's of abandonment or that experience that created that thought process or that belief system Now, you can't have productive relationships because you spend more time trying to believe that they're not going to leave by pushing their buttons and creating chaos than you do just focused on what it would actually look like to have a really good, decent, healthy relationship that anyone in their right mind would want to be a part of. And let me be clear and remind you that every situation in life is absolutely neutral. So I can experience a car accident with a friend in the car with me and then my friend never wants to be behind the wheel again, but I'm perfectly fine driving. It's all about how we perceive a situation. And just because my friend no longer wants to get behind the wheel, they can go through a truth process, which is really what this book talks a lot about. And you could say not all cars are dangerous. And I can work through being more comfortable in a car. So Mind you, all situations are neutral. We create our belief systems that are tied to that or our family has created those belief systems through our family culture um, that we've grown up in. Now, finances is another one. So for me personally, we grew up poor. I guess there's no other way to say it. We didn't have a lot of money. My mom worked a job that didn't make much money. My dad was would steal things for money. He worked here and there um, when somebody would tell me that there's a field trip, one of my teachers, and that it cost $5, I would freak out and I would just want to stay back from the class because I knew we didn't have $5. Or if there was a book order in the school, I would just not even bother asking because I knew that that was so far from being a priority because we didn't have a roof over our head during those times. So I, with when it comes to money and provision, I have always looked in with a man 
that had a lot of money or at least a a higher level of stability because I always wanted to be sure that he could provide for me in an honest way. So that was always, that has and still is today something that makes me very nerve, like unnerved is when somebody shows that they can't provide or they demonstrate that in a very real way. Although I have been able to provide um, at a really decent level for my daughter and myself, but still when I date someone, that is something that I really look to is to see if they will be able to provide. Now in relationships, that can cause, that could be a a traumatic event. So for example, let's say that I was in a serious relationship or even married. This is a traumatic experience about my father not being able to provide at a consistent level and in an honest way that if my husband or my boyfriend, let's say, for example, lost their job, I would have to be very sure to find truth in this situation and start at a neutral state so that I don't treat this person as if they're less than because they're having a temporary hardship to provide. That can't define them. And I and I and maybe some of you can relate, and I'd love to hear your comments on this. Um, the third one would be, and I'm going through these not quickly, but just really touching on them briefly, just spark this podcast for me isn't to give you hour-long podcasts where you listen to me talk for days, but it's really just to spark those things inside of you so that you then go, whether it's getting from poverty to power or you start to research additional resources, To I just want it to kind of tap on your heart just enough to open up for you to become more open for healing. Now, the third one I have is like lack of recognition. So for me, I was the middle child. I am the middle child. My sister was always with my mom and needed her more than I did, it appeared. And then this is from my opinion. Um, And then my brother was always with my dad. And since he was the boy, it was more socially acceptable for him to go with my father. So I was kind of like there. I always tried to make myself seen by helping my brother with his homework or being quiet for my mom and being good with her, good for her. So she didn't have any issues or getting good grades. Or in high school, I wanted to be a top athlete when it came to basketball and track. I always wanted, if I wanted to be seen, I wanted to be seen in a good light. I never wanted to be seen as causing any form of ruckus, nor did I want there to be an opportunity for my mom to be disappointed in me. And I speak about my mom more than my dad because my dad wasn't really there. Um, So I even know today that I want it to be socially acceptable for me when people come over that my house looks perfect, but it's just a way to be noticed that I've tried to be so good that they couldn't ignore me. Um, But now that I'm going through the healing process, I'm realizing that these behaviors and this mindset absolutely comes from a childhood belief system. So now I challenge myself and those of you listening to recognize whether it is lack of recognition um, that you were intentionally or unintentionally felt ignored by your parents and what ways today do you try to get gain their approval and to be seen by them, right? So that's something to be very just mindful of. And then also now that we are adults to really go through our, you know, logged catalog of memories and experiences and whether both good and bad and really identify with how are we operating today as an adult based off of our childhood and childlike beliefs. If we were to look back and talk to our inner child or that 
five-year-old Tiana or 10-year-old Tiana, and she were to tell you what you, what she believes to be true, what would it, what would you say back to that, that child and that individual? Now, number four would be dismissal. So, um, For me, this is really bad and I probably have hurt so many people because for a time in my life, I was very good at just cutting people off. Like, I seriously wish the phone did not have a block feature because I I abuse it to the fullest. And dismissal really came from, you know, feeling like my mom was able to cut us off extremely easily um, where she would be unreachable or we couldn't talk to her. Um, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head that really has been dismissive to me. But for that to be done by my mother, um, I only knew if something's uncomfortable just to cut it off because it was to avoid confrontation. When in all actuality now as an adult, and I have challenged myself to have the difficult conversations and not block or maybe wait a couple of days to have the conversation about why I was uncomfortable, why the other person was uncomfortable in a situation, whether it's a family member or friend or something else, I've realized that those conversations aren't really that scary. And so I've had to face that fear. Now in relationship, it could be that maybe some one or more than one of your relationships was over because it was a one and done. Somebody upset you or you upset someone else and they've just cut you off. So it's very important. And I really, from the bottom of my heart, challenge you to not block anybody and just to have very open, cut and dry, clear communication. Because at the end of the day, regardless of how the relationship ends up, whether it's a romantic relationship or not, it's with everybody understanding their position and everyone's side of the coin. The final thing is domestic violence. So for example, I've been in some like heated situations and arguments. And unfortunately, what I've really come to find is that a lot of things that happen within our own lives as adults are things that we've seen growing up. So I grew up in a very strong domestic violence household. And I've realized that I can, I've shown that I can get angry very quickly. And that's not okay, um, especially as an adult seeing that. Um, I've had to realize that, wow, there are a lot of beliefs um, and behaviors that I didn't even realize that I picked up as a child that I've never had to see throughout my life until early on as an adult. So that's when we stop and we find truth. We understand where those come from. We take control of our lives and we dismiss those things in such a way that we regain power back in our own life and say, wait a second. This is not a norm in relationships, whether it's domestic violence, dismissal, lack of recognition, the finances and treating people less than because maybe they have a temporary hardship or maybe they also weren't raised with a great deal of knowledge and education as it relates to finances and how to handle their money. That also requires grace. And then the abandonment. Um, I really want to circle back to abandonment because when it comes to abandonment, in relationships, and men have this issue a lot too, where they're, they just want to make sure that the woman isn't going to leave, especially if they've had their mother leave them. And I really just want to encourage everyone here to not focus on what you don't want to happen in your relationship, but really focus on what you do want to happen. And surround yourself with people who are open to hearing about your past experiences, your belief system that you have created as a child into your adulthood, 
and what that looks like for you and whether they offer you reassurance through their behaviors, through their verbal reaction to you, um, but that there's a clear understanding of why you have the belief system that you do have because our belief system does then create behaviors. And if these behaviors are associated with past traumas, it's very important to do the work and to work through those things. If you are at the end of the day, intentionally desiring to live as your highest self, to live out your best life. I know for sure that there's probably everyone that I know that is married or not married. There is at least one traumatic event in their life that is impacting their ability to have a successful marriage or a successful relationship as a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or is preventing them from even finding someone at this very day and time. So today I want to leave you with the exercise of identifying some of your belief systems. Maybe that is going back and thinking about the adults that raised you. What were those relationships like? What are some of the things that you've seen? Did you, were you a man and you didn't see women respecting themselves? Maybe your mother never came home at night. Therefore, you don't trust women. Maybe your mother left you. Therefore, you have this abandonment issue as it relates to women. Maybe your father left you. Maybe you are a woman and you saw your mother with multiple guys. And now you don't even know how to just be with one person. I'm not sure what that belief system looks like for you or what your inner child is still trying to help you live out and what you need to do to speak to your inner child and hush them a little bit because now you're an adult and you do know what you want your life to look like. And another thing that you can say to yourself is, gosh, if I didn't have this experience in in a perfect world, my life would look like this. And I'm here to reassure you that you can have that and that you just have to do the work. So please join me on Instagram at Trashing Trauma. I'm going to post the actual expert from this book. It is three pages so that you can read it a couple of times for yourself, process these words, and I'm gonna just put post on there some tips and tricks that you can use to navigate through your trauma healing journey and in fully trashing that trauma so that you can live the best life that your highest self can ever desire. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate your time. This is not for me. This is not about me. I am on my own journey, but this is so much goodness um, and it's so much freedom one day at a time that I could not help but start this podcast to share all of this with you. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I truly hope that you heard something today that resonated with you and that you can instantly implement into your life to make it so much better. Now, I want to be sure that you subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. And I also want to ask that you give us a five-star rating so that we can meet more people. Share this podcast literally with every single person that you know. We all have our trauma and the healing process is so real. I love you guys and I'll see you on the next podcast.